If you're new to leadership, you'll likely face moments of doubt and even fear. In fact, most people who are new to a leadership role often feel unqualified. In this episode, we share tips and strategies to help you unlock your leadership potential and become the leader your team deserves and the leader your company needs you to be. Qualified to lead, that's the topic for this edition of the 2120 Podcast. This is the 2120 Podcast, where each week, two guys take an idea, an experience, or a topic that we're passionate about, and we talk about it with you for 20 minutes. Well, welcome to the 2120 Podcast. I'm your host, James. And I'm Matt. Sometimes Jim, by the way. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, that's <laughs> Jim, funny. James, Jim. Uh, <laughs> Hayden said, who's James? I go, it's Jim. <laughs> well, why do you call him James? I go, that's his name. Well, his name's Jim. It's like he was very adamant that your name's Jim. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, a couple uh, a couple episodes ago, Matt, you and I talked about. Uh, you asked me a question. It was a it was a good question. It was one of those out of the blue kind of challenge questions about what makes you qualified to be a coach, or what makes you qualified to be a speaker. And and as all of our conversations do, they kind of meander a little bit. And and we had some responses on that. And after going back and listening to that, and actually um, had had some thoughts and. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of people that would listen to this podcast, uh, but also in my experience as being a coach, people ask me, you know, some of the kind of questions is, well, what does make you qualified? And so I thought it'd be kind of fun to take that a step further today and not just talk about what, it, like, are you qualified to be a coach or a speaker, but what qualifies you to, since we usually talk about leadership, what qualifies you to be a leader? And so here's the, here's the premise of this. You never, okay, so, so nobody ever is just born into a leadership role. I mean, that just doesn't happen, right? You, yeah. you, you show you're competent, you show that you're proficient at what you do, and somebody promotes you to some type of leadership role. And um, on that first day, when it's official, you're never really qualified, are you? No, I think you're terrified. Oh, I, mean, I think in a lot of ways that's true. Yeah, I, think I wasn't ready for you to say that. Yeah, and I you know I, it's one of those things where you're in this role to to do the job now, and you have to step in and do it. You know, and right, it could go good, it could go great, or it could go poor. And if you don't have formal training, if you don't have that, you know, the confidence that you are going to own this position and, and do a great job with it. Um, you know, it, the, the poor side of things, I think it turns into, it's a job title. Mm-hmm. So now you're the boss. Yep. And now people are going to have to follow you because I'm the boss now, right? And they don't follow you because they're not bought into you as a, as a leader. And, you know, I think it's okay to step into that role and go, okay, for day one, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to be okay with making mistakes. The crew's going to know that I'm going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But together, we're going to learn and grow and we're all going to get better because of it. And if you go into it with that mindset that you don't have all the answers and you ask for input and you get input and you know you fall on your sword when it's time to fall on your sword, six months, a year down the road, you're so much farther along because of that ownership that you bought yeah. into it early on, you know? Because um, on the other side, you know, you have, you have some that throw that name tag on it says manager on it and people aren't following them. That's tough. 
so we ended that podcast a couple of weeks ago talking about trust, you know, and, and so I think everything that you just said there um, from from that moment that you realize now you're terrified, you're in this new leadership role. Uh, two mistakes that, that leaders, new leaders always make is that they think that they have to have all the answers. Oh, yeah. And um, kind of the second one that's really tied to that is, is they're unwilling or, or afraid to ask for help. Sure. So I'm in over my head. I'm supposed to have all the answers. And so the mistakes then just cascade from that. And my thought is, is what, what the way you responded to that was um, you, you end up building trust with your team when you admit, I don't know, or you, you build trust with your colleagues when you go to them and you say, listen, I, I don't know how to handle this. How would you handle sure. this? And then you can bring it back. And so I think you develop trust over time in doing that. Um, the, the other piece of this is, and this is the crux of what, what drives me to what I do is, um, Leaders get promoted to positions, but they're rarely ever trained in any type of leadership. So what are some things that you have done in your work to help prepare new leaders? Well, it it goes back to kind of taking a deep dive into yourself and your background and looking at it from this perspective of putting yourself in their shoes and thinking, okay, I have a brand new leader. You know, I'm thinking of a guy that's popped in my head right now just promoted him as an ASL. He's going to be me long-term. Um, what doesn't he know yet? Yeah. What are the things that when I was in that same spot, I looked at it and went, okay, I don't know this. So give him those tools now. So the mistakes that you made as a leader early on in your career, he doesn't have to make. And yeah, that's a, a great time to train because you're pouring into him and saying, you know what, here's the deal. I made these mistakes early on. Here's here's what I experienced. Here's what I learned from them. Let's not make them with you. And here's how we're going to fix it. And then it's, it's never an issue. And he gets there faster. You know, um, you know. I think having a good training program. You know, a weekly training program that they mentor or whatever whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, knowing that he or she can come to you anytime, and you're going to be the the guy or the gal for them. Um, you know, run it by me first and let's, let's, let's talk through it. You know, if you're ever on the floor and something happens and you don't have the answer, give me a call and we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk through it and we'll, we'll figure this out together. Um, but at the end of the day too, like there's going to be times where I think you also need them to fail a little bit, yeah, you know, so they can kind exactly. of own some things too. And, you know, know that, um, their idea maybe didn't work out the, the best way, but then take it and not stomp them in the ground and go, oh yeah, you do suck at this, but right. you know, where did, why did it go wrong? Where did it go wrong? And how do we fix it for next time? Uh, but it, it's got to be ongoing training. It's training that's set up early on, like day one of their new position. And it like, I'm, I've been in company for 20 years and I'm learning every day, mm-hmm. you know, and things that I thought I knew, I don't, and I'm learning how to, how to fix that. But it's got to be an ongoing training process. So, you you, re, you use the word training a lot, and um, that's good. But you've also used the word mentoring, and and in my talks with you, just outside of this podcast, I know that you guys do a lot of both of those things. If you had to fall on one side or the other, and maybe that's not even a fair question, but but in my opinion, mentoring as a training program makes tons of sense, and here's why: is is a structured training program is great when we're learning. You know procedures and and the structure and maybe even things like compliance and regulations that makes total sense to me. But so much of the time, leadership is based uh, more on 
the, the ability to relate to others. Okay, how do I have a hard conversation with somebody who's really challenged me? You know, what do I do with the, the, the kind of employee to, that needs some motivation every single day? Those are the, the kinds of things that I think a mentoring program actually provides better. So I think of mentoring slash coaching. So if I can get paired up with a leader in an ongoing capacity that, that I've got 45 minutes with them every week or whatever it looks like, I can bring to them stuff that I'm struggling with. It's not so much on the um, structured side. It's it's those questions that you pop, you know, that, that come up that you can't really anticipate or that you can't really create a training program around. Sure. So, what? I guess my question for you is: is where do you land on that kind of that spectrum, mentoring and training? Um, it, it's really turned on this year. You know, for me, it would being a, being a mentor, especially with. Um, you know, having a guy now that will replace me in, in my store, and that's the mentality. And it didn't really, I didn't take as much of an active role until literally two months ago, you sure. know. Um, having to replace myself with this guy, I have to give him every tool that he needs to, to get there. And, you know, I I read an email from someone that sent me that was, you know, basically happy for us having this new person in this role. And you know, there was a comment that basically said, you know, don't hold anything back from him. Don't just give him the things that you don't want to work on. And I took it really personal and it really kind of, you know, pissed me off a little bit mm-hmm. because I'm not going to hold this guy back. Yeah. You know, I, I looked at that day and went, okay, I'm going to un- undo the co in front of his name. He's not a co, he's going to be a sales leader. And I'm getting fired up talking about this now because I'm I'm never going to hold someone back that has potential to be better than me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give him every tool that he needs. He's going to be right there next to me when I'm working on something. And when I have an opportunity to pull him into a meeting or pull him into a conversation and have him be there and witness it firsthand, because I could talk to him about having tough conversations with people, but until he sits there and sees it firsthand and sees how it goes and how great it goes sometimes and how bad it goes sometimes, like you just can't get that reading out of a binder, you know? So as a mentor, you got to find every opportunity that you can pull someone in, show them how it works, how to utilize it, how not to do something. They, they just get there faster. You know, it's, it's just one of those things where, Training is awesome, but training can be very boring, yeah. and it can be just totally. going through going through the motions. Mentorship and that that true hands-on is you're in my back pocket. We are doing this together, and when I'm not around, you can just do it because you you learned it so much faster, and you saw how what I did and how I skipped a step here, and it, it, we got there faster, whatever that may be. You don't find that in a training book. You find that from experience. You find that from um, completely owning the role and now, you know, taking that role and passing it on to somebody else. You know, one of the things that, that listening to your response there came to mind is, is that training to me is, is uh, destination based, right? Sure. It, ha- <clears throat> it has a beginning, it has a curriculum, and it has an end. <clears throat> and at the end or upon this completion, now you're qualified to do these things. And that's not wrong. Okay. It's, yeah. it's good. Mentoring to me would be, I would, I would classify it more as directional based. Okay. So it doesn't really have an end and the best mentoring program would be like the best coaching program, which is that it's ongoing because you, you can't always anticipate. So if I'm going to mentor someone, I'm going to be careful that I'm not always the person bringing what we're going to talk about today. Cause sure. as a mentor, I need to be a listener 
And uh, uh, so if, if I'm mentoring you and you come to me with a, um, a, a, ch- a question or something that's on your heart, something that's troubling you, you need to know something. But I sit down today and I say, okay, Matt, here's what we're going to cover today. By default, you might just allow me to do that because I'm sure. in this position of being a mentor. And it didn't address the question that you were having. So it's so important when you set those relationships up is that from a, like you got to choose a mentor wisely, somebody that you can uh, completely trust and that isn't just there to be a fountain of information and vomit it all over you all the time. You know, you got to sit and listen. And then so you're going to bring this challenge to me. You're going through this. And here's the thing. As a mentor, I also need to know I don't have all the answers. Oh, for sure. And, and you come to me with this difficult thing. I say, listen, I've never run into that. I'm not exactly sure. Let, let's talk to somebody else. Let's bring somebody else in on this and well, point you in the right direction. You know, I think what you said about, you know, coming in with and being open to not just, you know, to shutting your own mouth and listening. I think that the game of life can be a great time to build each other up and, and talk through things and because you, you kind of see how their brain's working you know and how, how they yeah. interact and how they see the world and you know those conversations you know are very beneficial you know when it's just you and that person in a room talking about whatever they want to talk about and it goes in 10 different directions but at the end of the day like you see how each other how they tick uh, I think it's okay to have more than one mentor you know I've, I've had Absolutely. people in my life that you know I, I can say you know has, has mentored me in this area and has mentored me in that area um, I think I'd be a fool to say that one person has got me where I'm at today it's been a it's been a handful of people that have got me to places because everybody has different strengths you know and different weaknesses and um, you know whatever I whatever my weakness may be, I may find a mentor that has that strength and, you know, find ways for them to pour into me that way. And I, you know, it's, it's gotta be, you have to be okay with knowing that over the course of your life, you're going to have people that are going to fall into your lap that will bring something very positive to your life and, you know, your, your betterment long-term. If you're not finding ways to pour into them and, you know, pour into you kind of thing, uh, you're missing out. Um, but man, like, the, uh, the best part is when you're interacting with someone and they're pouring into you and you think of them as a mentor and they don't think of them as, as a mentor for you. Like they're just, they're just, they're just that good, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, that's the end goal. You know, when you're, when you're at that level of leadership where you're just constantly just teaching every day and you don't think of it as teaching, you're just being you, you're at that pinnacle of, of leadership. That's really cool. So this, this makes me think, obviously there's mentors in the job, you know, in a structured environment like that. So within like where you work, you're going to have people that could, you could create a mentored program in there. But then there's also the mentors that you have that are, you know, obviously outside of that work. So those could be friends, those could be coaches, those could be other, you know, retired people that, that did great things in business and just people that can really pour and invest in you. I want to share a quick story with you. It was, it was an, it's an awkward story, actually, because I was asked to do a, a presentation for uh, a mentoring group, and uh, I, I gave it on giving and receiving feedback. It went really well. And uh, um, the, the gentleman that, that invited me to do it, um, uh, he, he's considerably older than me, incredibly successful in business, has been out of business, been formally retired for a decade or better. Um, and, and so we had a, we had a really neat sit down. He, he, his, uh, his office, his working space is a nice restaurant in the metro area. 
which is just weird. And that's where, where he just gets a table and we sit there. And, and um, he asked me after we were, we were done, and this came via email. He said, thank you. You did a wonderful job. I think people really enjoyed what, what you had to say. And, and I think they really learned a lot. It was great engagement. He said, would you be interested in having me mentor you? Now, the awkwardness came in because I've known him for all of an hour. You know, yeah. that's, that's how much he, time. He wants to be your guy. He does. He, he really wanted to be a mentor to me. And, and uh, I wasn't sure how to reply. So here's kind of how I replied. My, my memory is on this. Is I said something like, that sounds really interesting. I don't exactly know if that makes sense. Could we get together again? Guess what? Crickets. Really? I've never heard back from him again. And so I don't know if he was potentially offended by that. So I went and I asked somebody who I feel is a mentor to me, um, similar in age, similar life experiences, business experiences. And he says, no, I think you answered it perfectly. Sure. So, but it was just one of those things that was so awkward that he would just, you know, invite it and then go radio silent on me completely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you, you go through the paper and you see in the yellow pages, you know, mentor for hire kind of thing. I'm here for you. (laughs) Uh, I think that naturally just happens by people that fall into your life mm-hmm. you know there's people that you're naturally just drawn to and you know for whatever that may be whether it's their leadership style whether it's their personality their their experience the um the sexy value of who, who they are like you're you're, just, you're drawn to that um but i also think there's tons of value in finding mentors that are the complete opposite of you yeah you know that don't share the same way you think. Don't yeah. share the same learning styles because it, it, it gives you an outside perspective on something totally different that you may struggle in and you see it from their perspective. And go, oh, man, that makes a lot of sense. So I think it's, it's, it's super easy to find people that you, you like and you're compatible with and you know, there's a good team you know, vibe there. But I think there's also tons of value in finding someone that has strong leadership ability, but maybe is all different, a lot different than you and teaches differently and sees the world through a different lens and, um, you know, getting involved with them help, helps you grow too. Uh, you know, I think, you know, it's, we do this at, at my, my job where we have, you know, a supervisor and we have someone that, you know, can be help be the mentor for them. That's completely opposite. You know, whatever their strength is, we try to find the exact opposite strength because it just helps them grow faster. Uh, they're still getting, you know, the, the supervisor that's there that can work one on one on one with them. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, they have that someone else that they can bounce ideas off of that will give them a different perspective and everybody, everybody grows together. So let's let's come back to the qualification thing. If I'm feeling unqualified, I'm feeling apprehension or something like that. What is one or two pieces of advice you would give me? And then I'll try and give one or two back to you. Unqualified in what area? Being a mentor? Uh, no, um, moving into a new leadership role, and I uh, maybe I've not stepped into leadership before. So let's assume it's that. Sure. So the first thing you have to get past is you were chosen for this position. So someone saw something in you that is great. Yeah. You have so important. you have to own that. Yeah. And I think that will help with some of the butterflies, some of the you know the thoughts in the back of the head of oh my gosh, am I am I right for this? Yeah. Someone in a role that's above me saw things that I bring to the table that they want on this team and they, they want, they want to see me lead. So that it creates that, that ownership on your end. You know, like I talk about David and how David was that guy for me. And I want to do great things for David because he saw great things in me. That's, that's step one. Hmm. Step two is 
you have to be okay with making mistakes. Yes. You have to be okay with screwing up. You have to be okay with falling on your face and knowing that people are watching, but don't be okay with not getting back up. Yeah. You know, you have to jump back up and you have to ask questions and you have to get feedback and you, you're, you have to let the crew know that I'm going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. This is part of the gig, but I'm going to learn so much so fast that we're going to get better long term. So I think that's kind of my one and two. So I'm going to wrap mine together. So I was just sitting here thinking about how I'd respond to that and kind of keep this short. Humility is huge. And it goes along with what you just said is falling on your sword, realizing you don't have all the answers. And so, so the, the number one thing that I would tell a new leader that's moving into leadership role for the first time is this. When you feel you are in over your head, don't sit there and try and figure it all out on your own. You're going to get so locked into where you're at, you've got to reach out. And that reach out could be, it could be reaching up and it could be reaching out to colleagues too. So people that are on that same level, ask these questions, they've more experience than you. So that's why it's really important to build those relationships. The second piece that I would say that I'm just going to wrap that into is you have to be confident too. Sure. You, because confidence is, is really an interesting trait to me. It's one of those skills you can develop. It's also something that's you're just kind of born with too, to at least some degree that if I'm a confident leader, it's probably because I have competence, but I'm also going to cover it by humility. In other words, I don't become arrogant if I'm covering my confidence with humility. So, so that would be the second piece is lead with confidence, know your stuff, commit to being excellent, build those relationships, but don't ever forget that you don't know it all. Oh, for sure. You know, and those, those are just things I wish in my past that when I moved into leadership roles the first time I would have had somebody to, I wish I could have listened to this podcast actually. Sure. You know, because it was so difficult and I made so many mistakes and I lost confidence a couple of times to a degree where I wasn't, you know, now I'm sitting there thinking I'm not like not qualified. I'm wondering if I'm the right person for the job period. And, uh, um, I did have, I did have some people come around me that, that kind of boosted me, but that's the, that's the challenge. Yeah, I was in the same boat. You know, I look back and could I have been farther along, you know, not making mistakes early on because I had confidence. I knew I was the right person for the job, but I wanted to put my stamp on this company day one. Yeah. I wanted people yeah. to look at him and go, that's Matt. He's from Shields in Iowa City. Like He's one of the leaders down there. And I wanted it so bad so fast that I took systems that were already in place and tried to modify them yep. to make them my system and it had my twist on it because I wanted to add my spin on things. Stamp on it. But I didn't learn about the, the system. I took a system that was already well-developed and it worked and I tried to change it instead yep. of completely learning about it. And I look back and I want to beat my head against the wall now knowing that I wasted so much time changing a spreadsheet, changing this form, doing this, doing that. So someone would read and go, man, that's this, this is Matt's thing. No, I just, I needed to get good at the basics first. And by doing that, I would, I would get where I wanted to go long-term, but it took me a little bit to get out of my own way and take that confidence and be humble and go, man, I, I've really screwed up. Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah, that's something that I have to live with the rest of my life, but I'm, I'm heading in the right direction. And you're better for it. You're going to teach it. Absolutely. It yep. I think that's a good place to end for the day. Perfect. Well, this is uh, this has been the twenty one twenty podcast. We've been talking about how to to face those fears and those doubts about being unqualified when you move into a leadership role. My name is James. I go by Jim. I'm Matt. I go by Matt. <laughs> have a good week. See ya. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for topics, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at. 
2120podcast at gmail.com. That's the words 21 spelled out, followed by the numbers 20podcast at gmail.com. We'll make it easy and include a link to that email address in the description. If you're enjoying listening to two guys take a random topic and talk about it for 20 minutes, hey, it would mean a lot to Matt and I if you would rate it, write review, and share it with others. Thank you again for tuning into the 2120 Podcast.